Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. I'm Elliot Danker. It's time now for Why It Matters. And this morning we're talking about recycling. It was once promoted as like a silver bullet to fighting pollution and climate change. But uh, it's also at the same time got itself a bit of a bad rep. I mean, the truth is globally, only 9% of the plastic we have ever produced has been recycled. So where does the remaining 91% end up then? Uh, Here in Singapore, According to statistics released by the National Environment Agency, our domestic recycling rate remains at 13% in 2021. That's unchanged from 2020's figures, which is a 10-year low. And, you know, if you think about it, all this is happening even as households produce more waste uh, because economic activity resumed after the first year of the pandemic. So what are we missing here? I mean, instead of just relying on the man on the street to rinse bottles and cans uh, or maybe even sort their trash... What more do industries and individuals need to do to drive the global green agenda? Uh, online with us this morning is Danny Fung, General Manager, High Performance Polymers for Arkema. Good morning, Danny. How are you? Good morning, Elliot. Uh, very How timely. We are having this chat because in two days' time on April 22nd is Earth Day. <laughs> Um, so let, let's talk about recycling, Danny. I mean, what is your personal definition of recycling? I think first, uh, thanks, Harriet, uh, for having me today. I do give uh, my chance to share my view. Mm. I, I think what you said just now about uh, the 9% uh, low rates of recycling for plastic, uh, especially. My view is that uh, sometimes actually recycling can ha- can actually have higher footprint compared to using of uh, virgin uh, plastic. Okay. Yeah, in some cases, uh, that uh, the, the plastic can just end up in the in the ocean. Right. Uh, and and therefore, my view is that if first is that uh, we have to accept that sometimes uh, recover energy through incineration of plastic should be part of the solution, and the use of bi- biodegradable plastic can also be included in in the total solution package. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, I think what is really important is that uh, is to use uh, durable plastic that we can reuse and reuse. And this will actually help the, the whole uh, objective of reducing carbon footprint. There's, there's really two sides to this when we talk about how recycling has earned like a bad reputation. I mean, I believe in it. I believe in the whole biodegradable thing, right? But some people will say, ah, you know, you're not making a difference. That's why we only have 9% of people that put in effort. Some people talk about recycling and they don't, they don't think, they don't really separate. They throw in styrofoam. You can't recycle styrofoam. What are your thoughts on this? I think that... So the first thing that uh, we all as consumer, as individual, we have a part to play. I think we have a very strong influence by demanding uh, the the producer, the manufacturer, the supplier to use a higher performance uh, or bioplastic that can actually have a lower carbon footprint. And uh, even asking them to include recycled uh, content into the products. And and secondly, as as a business, we can do also a lot more. We can design our products mm. that which will enable recycling. You know, for instance, uh, to use uh, single materials in one design, which can help the final uh, collections and recycling. I can put you an example. So, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if you heard of a shoe called Cyclone. I've not. Tell me more, please. 
Yeah, it's, it's a very high performance sports shoe launched by a Swiss company called On Running. Okay. And Cyclone is the first shoe using uh, advanced uh, high performance plastic. And uh, the, the whole shoe is designed for fully recyclable. And they have a, a business model uh, on subscription that also encourage the uh, consumers uh, to send back the used shoe to them so that they can recycle it. And from the very beginning of the design of the shoe, is that uh, the same materials are used from the shoe top to the outsole are made of the same material which will actually help a lot in recycling. Mm. Okay, okay. But, you know, just like that conversation, I, I was so quick to say, I, I use sports shoes, I, I jog all the time and I said, you know, I don't know about it. So, definitely, you know, this is one area that we think has increased so much but it hasn't. I think the society still doesn't have enough knowledge about the best ways to recycle. Uh, would you agree? I, I think that's the uh, first thing uh, we, 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 as I mentioned just now, mm. uh, there are other uh, solutions okay. that work hand in hand with recycling. For example, biodegradables, for example, um, uh, incineration to recover energy. And what we need to really put attention to is the total carbon footprint. Um, if you don't mind, I, I mentioned a concept called life cycle analysis. What is, what is life cycle analysis? It's actually a very rigorous scientific method to quantify the carbon footprint of every product that a manufacturer put onto the marketplace from cleather to get. So I suppose when we talk about life cycle analysis, we're moving to the area where, you know, consumer aside, we have to look at the, the companies and, you know, that pressing need for them to really address sustainability through every phase. Is, is that enough though, life cycle analysis? It's a very rigorous uh, method that is used. And mm-hmm. uh, once again, the consumer, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. right, rightly, that they have to demand, uh, demand for it. So companies, uh, in order to reduce the carbon footprint uh, to after they do the life cycle analysis, for example, what they can do is to try to use more renewables, uh, bio-based raw material, for instance. Okay. And secondly, uh, to use uh, higher performance uh, products which can, uh, which can enable uh, reuse. And uh, at the end of it, uh, from the design phase, they can design for products uh, which can enable recycling. You know, one of the challenges uh, faced by recycling is to dismantle products that yeah. are made of many different materials. So yeah. the yeah. manufacturer can definitely do something here to design for recycling. Mm. The whole ESG movement, is it enough? Can more be done? I'm not really a specialist here, but in my opinion, definitely, yes, the answer is yes. Definitely, right. There's always more that can be done. Um, Danny, if you don't mind, I, I want to talk a little bit about this. This is new to me, um, and, and maybe you can help me understand this. The Pragati Initiative, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, it's supposed to be the world's first sustainable caster bean program. What, what can you tell me about it? Uh, I, the first, the Pragati is in Hindi word. Okay. It means progress. Right. Yeah, so in uh, about six years ago, Akema and our partner, BSF, another chemical company, Giant, a castor oil producer, and Solita, an NGO, we together dis- decided to develop a code to certify sustainable plantation of castor oil. First, it's important to know that uh, castor oil is by definition sustainable because it's not edible, so there's no competition uh, with food and feed. And castor oil typically grow in very marginal areas. 
for example, in the in the Gujarat state of uh, India. So there's no uh, deforestation uh, involved. Mm. And after we design these uh, codes of uh, sustainable uh, castor oil plantation, which is called SUCCESS, we stand for Sustainable Castor Caring for Environment and Social Standard. The first program was launched, it's called Pakati. Mm-hmm. And we, we, over the, the last six years, let me try to give you some numbers to share sure. the impact of it. It's still, I was, I was, we have to admit, it's still not that uh, important yet, but already it's quite impressive. 130 kilometers square, wow. which is about one-fifth of the size of Singapore yeah. of a cluster uh, farm has already been certified. Right. So more, more than 6,000 safety kit deliver. Almost 6,000 farmers have been certified. Wow. That really does make quite a difference if you look at those numbers. Then just a, just a, some final thoughts. And really, I want to talk about the collective responsibility. I, I know we've talked about how more can be done. But, you know, moving forward, everyone talks about sustainability, building better products, you know, uh, looking at all stages of building a product. But the role of recycling, how important is it moving forward? Do you think it still plays a, a huge part in, in saving the planet? You use the right word, it's parked. It <laughs> plays a huge part. It's not the only solution. There are things that I mentioned just now about yeah. uh, biodegradables and about the uh, recovering of energy. I, I think uh, as individuals, once again, we are very powerful. So we can uh, work on to reduce uh, our consumption. We can uh, actively seek for uh, sustainable uh, make products. We can also actively ask and demand producer, supplier to supply uh, sustainable and recycled products. And once again, as manufacturers or producers, we have to, like what we are doing now, educating the wide, wider public mm. about renewables, raw materials, about recycle, recycling, about dealables, which is sometimes a word that we don't mention enough. Right. Dealable, which enables reuse, is, is sustainable. Mm. And mm. recycling then to pay part of, the, uh, part of its role. And manufacturers have to work on designing products which enable recycling so that we can really put it into action and help the planet. Last but not least, government can also play a very important role in terms of policy and regulation to enable individual and business to be more sustainable. For instance, uh, the carbon tax uh, introduced by the Singapore government yeah. is a very effective tool. Actually, can less individual and business to approach their consumption with sustainability in mind. Yeah, it's really putting all the parts together, right? Exactly. Everyone has to play a part in that. It's not just a manufacturer, not just individual, and not just government. We all have to play a part in that. Yeah, I look at it as like, you know, moving a battleship on the sea, right? If one person doesn't do his job, we're all in trouble. Uh, we've been speaking with Danny Fung, who's General Manager High Performance Polymers for Arkema on the line with us. Danny, appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much. You take care and stay safe, yeah? Thank you, yeah. Have a good day. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.